the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. I want to talk about Warren Buffett and what he said this weekend because I think it does have material effect on your portfolio today and beyond. But first, I want to go a little retro on it. He bought his first stock when he was 11 years old. Let me go even further back and start with me. Back in the 90s when I was building an investment advisory business, I was the best in the nation at picking tech stocks. Aftermarket, wasn't doing IPOs and stuff like that. I was the best in the nation. In my belief, statistically, I was pretty darn good. I fought the Buffets in the world because I was like, why settle for 8 to 10% returns when you can make 20% returns or 15% returns or 120 sometimes? I looked at it as, uh, there's a player who played for the Yankees named Steve Balboni. He's this kind of big, fat guy, like a Dave Kingman guy. He's just big, bulky guy. Whoosh, swing of bat. It was, it was either a strike or a home run. I want to be more of that. But because I was so arrogant, I was like, I, I'm not going to miss the ball much. I missed the ball. But Buffett bought his first stock at 11. He's the greatest investor of all time. He didn't come from wealth. He made it. He made $53,000 a year by the age of 16. Was he well-known and going to be famous? Not necessarily. When you're 16 years old and you've made $53,000 from the various businesses you've invested in, I think that should be a free ticket into Harvard. But he got rejected to Harvard. Um, I don't know if it's still true, but the guy still, at last I knew he was using a Nokia flip phone. And he pledged 85% of his stocks, Berkshire Hathaway stocks, to various charitable foundations. He's become very close friends with Bill Gates. There's some really cool things like I like him out there. Now, now here's like some of the negatives. He eats like a six-year-old kid. Coca-Cola and ice cream? Hey, mom's way. Hey, Brett, what you want for dinner? How about potato sticks and ice cream? Okay, well, mom's not here. He eats like a six-year-old kid. Sometimes he even throws in like, um, he starts his day with ice cream. But let's give him some credit. He's 88. He's lived in the same house since 1958. Now, he does have a nice house out in California, too. But he is original Omaha house, Omaha house that he bought in 1958 for $31,000. Still there. His father-in-law once told him he would fail. I've been there. I've gone through that. People pay millions of dollars to have lunch with him. If you want to have dinner with me or if you want me to talk stocks with you, I'll do it for two beers. Where did I steal that from? Warren Buffett. He says you'll have lunch if you donate to charity. I say I'll have, uh, I'll look at your portfolio and talk stocks with you for a couple of beers. I, I've, I've started stealing stuff from him, right? In 2013, at one point in time, he was earning $37 million a day. Most of his wealth has been created after he turned 60. Keep in mind, he's 88 now. He doesn't tweet. I rarely, rarely tweet. He has 20 total suits. Isn't that crazy? Um, and he doesn't buy new ones. He spends 80% of his day reading. I love that. Uh, he's got dumb little things out there. Like if you uh, can guess the NCAA Sweet 16 teams, 
He gives his employees $1 million a year. Not bad. If someone guesses all the teams correctly, $1 million a year for the rest of your life. No one has ever won that. Now, they got close in the bracket of 16. So uh, $100,000 if you get the bracket of 16 as an employee of his. Like, that's that's fun. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of emails. He plays the ukulele. Do you see where we're going at with this this angle on him? I hope so. So now I want to talk about what he said this weekend, because when Warren talks, I listen. Talks about buybacks. One of the things that he's talked in his buyback is, um, obviously, Warren Buffett is a conglomeration of a lot of businesses. Things like uh, Geico, Coca-Cola, he's got a big share in. Um, and they give him dividends every every 90 days. So you're basically buying a mutual fund if you buy Warren Berkshire's Berkshire Hathaway. And he says, we'll only buy back our own stocks when we feel it hits a conservative valuation. Value matters to him. On a CEO succession, he's 89 years old this summer. He's probably the most recognizable CEO in the world. His uh, right-hand man, Charlie Munger, is 95 years old. So he's not going to be taking over. But he's got a couple managers that will. So he talked a little bit about it. And uh, he said, the format's not set in stone. I'm still doing what I'm doing. And he said, by any yardstick, I'm going downhill. Wow. And he said, if you took a SAT test today versus when he did in his early 20s, he said it would be embarrassing. But he says, I know more about human behavior now than I was 20, 25. Kraft Heinz, he uh, famously bought 27% stake. Now, Kraft Heinz is messed up. They've got accounting issues. He said he overpaid for it. And what he kind of missed was the changing landscape of brands. He didn't realize Costco would have its own ketchup or Walmart or Amazon. Now, he says he still believes in Kraft Heinz business. He thinks it's doing well operationally. He just doesn't like the accounting at the company at this point in time. But I love the fact that he said, I messed up on the consumer brand angle. And I know people who live and swear by Costco. I don't know that many by Walmart, probably from the place I'm living. But I do also know a lot of people buy Amazon brands. And some of them are, uh, Amazon's got almost $20 billion brands now. On 5G... Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger said the best thing this weekend. They go, we don't know a lot about technology, but we do know that there's going to be an impact on 5G. And he says, we have people in our business who know more about them than we do. And we let, and we count on our managers to do that. Know your limitations is a hugely valuable, important lesson. On Bitcoin, he basically laughs at people owning Bitcoin. He's not laughing. He said he was on a honeymoon in 1952 in Vegas. He said he compared investors to Bitcoin to wealthy people who traveled hundreds of miles, thousands of miles to come to Vegas to lose their money playing roulette and other games. He saw well-dressed people that came to do something that every damn one of them knew was mathematically stupid. Gamble. That's what he thinks about Bitcoin. (laughs) That's not exactly a glowing endorsement, now is it? I looked around and I saw a lot of well-dressed people. I do love him so, and I, I hate to gloat like that, and I'm heterosexual male, but man, I wish this guy was my dad. <laughs> I don't know it, uh, if that's fair to say. He, he's not going to leave a ton of money to his kids. I'm not looking for the money angle, but this guy's got it all, in my opinion. He talked about President Trump. He says, uh, sometimes you've got to act crazy to you know, get to where you want. He's not upset with the world right now. He says, we've got full employment, 5% budget deficits. Um, he likes where we are. Now, he, he, he admits, like... Uber, he says, I've never bought an IPO. Can you define yourself as well as he can, or do you need to be 88 years old to do that? Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos. You can sign up for it at Rob Black's show. It's coming up in the middle of May, so it's right around the corner. You'll learn about investment, income, and retirement. Go to robblackshow.com and use code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. The stock market's been incredibly generous to me over the last 30 plus years. Today, not so much. I look at it as I have another 10, 15, 20, 30 th- years left. I remember back in the 80s, you know, Reagan got people riled up. Carter got people pissed off. So when I see Donald Trump threatening new tariffs on China, I'm like, I've been there, I've done that. Our country had to go through the embarrassment of the Clinton impeachment hearings. And that doesn't help us globally. What Donald Trump is doing doesn't help us globally. Our president sometimes can become kind of a, how shall we say, a negative conversation piece. So there's a lot of moving parts in the market today, most of which are lower. President Trump's surprising tweet over the weekend that he's raising tariffs this Friday from 10% to 25% on $200 billion of imported Chinese goods. He's looking at applying that tariff rate to another $325 billion on imported Chinese goods. The tweet was born, battle-born. Is that the Nevada state motto, battle-born? I think it might be, or, or I don't know, but I'm going to be quiet now. So the tweet was born out of frustration that China's moving too slowly to get a trade deal done tweet has created a new source of uncertainty around a record high on the markets. You know, happy days are here again. Rob Black's portfolio is at all-time highs. Like, <sighs> stock market has grown content to think that a trade w- deal will get done, which we have always kind of assumed that it will. But is he crazy like that to blow up the relationship completely? <sighs> it's the old back-scratching thing. Some people have kids to get them to do chores around the house. You do chores, I'll pay for your schooling supplies. Sector contin- cons- uh, sectors are considered to be most affected by trade wars over the short term are faring the worst today. IT, industrials, and materials. IT being information technology. I heard some comedians say, ID, short for identification. He goes, I stands for me. D for identification. He goes, I think D's doing all the heavy work there. <laughs> Close enough, right? So I think the losses are pretty modest, all things considered, about where we've come and how far. And with interest rates being as low as they are and capitalism still being alive and well, you know, the markets got freaked out on healthcare stocks a couple of years ago when Obama was doing the Obamacare. It's sad that I don't even know what it's officially called, but, you know, Republicans just called it Obamacare and that name kind of stuck. It might have been the modern medicine bill. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. But, um, We'll get past this. I'm positive of that. Dan Niles um, says he's not involved with Apple right now, but plans to short it again as expectations for the December quarter are too high. I like Dan Niles. You know, I, I talk glowingly about Warren Buffett. I think Dan Niles is a smart guy. Um, but I know that he has got skin in the game. So when he says the December quarter is too high and he says, I plan to short it at some point in time, I think it's great that he's being honest. Hopefully he's being honest. But it's also kind of a little self-serving, right? starting to put little seeds of doubt in your head. And Dan Niles is someone whose research I've, I've looked at for 20 plus years, and he's one of the best of the best. But I want you to see, like, the... I heard a commentator this morning on Financial News say, I wonder if Trump is buying stocks today, knowing that that tweet got the market kind of upset. And I'm like, ooh, we'll never see his taxes. We don't know, do we? Europe is warning that Iran could breach parts of nuclear agreement in response to U.S. sanctions. That can kind of create some uncertainty around oil and price of gasoline going into summer months. Some people are saying $5 gasoline this summer in California. 
And you know what stinks about that? $5 gasoline in California doesn't hurt me. I'm fairly well off. But it, it hurts the people that I know that have gone 10, 20, 30, 40 miles away from their jobs that have to commute back and forth. I once knew a program director who, he lived in the middle of the California and would drive into the big city. And I was like, that's a lot of gas. He's like, yeah, but it's much cheaper housing. So gas is out there, right? Oh, a lot of developer conferences. Google's got its input-output developer conference that starts tomorrow. And it's been rumored that Alphabet, which is Google... It's going to allow Chrome users the ability to limit the use of tracking cookies. A lot of privacy concerns right now, especially at these conferences. Facebook had theirs. Apple's opening up theirs. Uh, And then, you know, you get the fall product where you get the developers in during the summer months and say, okay, here's the software code that you need. Here's what we're going to be working on. Here's the apps that we're going to open up to you. Go do them and get them ready by the fall for our new product. So that's out there. President Trump said he had a very good conversation with Japan's Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, on North Korea and trade. A lot of international headlines, right? Taking a look at the markets, though, it's not really playing out that bad. Now, again, as we get closer to Friday, will people get more and more upset? Well, Disney had their price target raised to 165 from 128 at EBS. Great company, great brand. I don't think their brand has changed that much since I was a kid. Having known people that worked at Disney... As teenage kids, they weren't allowed tattoos, they weren't allowed piercings, they weren't allowed a lot of things. They wanted to protect, squeaky clean their brand. Now, I don't know how that stands today. I won't go to the parks because I find them to be ridiculously expensive and gouging, not me, because I can afford it, but gouging the average person can't. Now, Disney's going to move into higher ground as they start to compete with Netflix and Hulu. And how is ESPN Plus doing? And how does Disney Plus do when it launches? And what's its pricing? A lot of people think the Tesla bubble has popped, that now that they have to burn through money again to show that they could become profitable with a third vehicle or a fourth vehicle or a fifth vehicle down the road, a lot of people are starting to wonder, like, when does this all end with profits? It's like the underwear gnomes from South Park. Step on, steal underwear. Step. Oh, no, no. no, no. Step on, steal underwear. Step three. Big money. Where's step two? How do the underwear gnomes make money? We want to know. And sometimes you got to see that. That's how Wall Street time works. Tesla, to me, feels like the underwear gnomes. Oh, if, if I will tell you what, I would not want. If Elon Musk starts tweeting that Rob Black called him an underwear gnome, don't want that kind of attention. But today, tr- President Donald Trump lowers the trade boom, and we have until Friday. You're on the clock, China. That's pressure. Have you ever been playing time chess? That's pressure. I was never good enough to do time chess. Beyond Meat's IPO is doing quite well. question is, will Uber sneak out on Wednesday or not? If the market's down 200, 300, 400, 500 points, Uber may say, we're going to delay our IPO because we want people excited, not upset. One thing that I've learned on Wall Street right now, it's all about the math men. It's not about the mad men. Facebook and Google are being dominated by people doing math. And math wins all wars. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar come up in Las Gatas in the middle of May. You could use the code RADIO25 to sign up for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. Oh, boy. Looking at the things that are out there right now, um, there's positive, easy news to digest, like Disney's Avengers Endgame. That's a three-hour movie. That's a commitment. I know people have seen it twice. And I ask them, like, have you, have you, 
How's your 401k look? Oh, I haven't done that. Well, you got the commitment to see a movie and spend big bucks on it, but not the same commitment to spend almost no time in dumping money into a 401k, a 403b, or just a simple stock saving account. I get it. I get it. Hopefully when you're 92 on your deathbed and you go, Captain America, and that's your death thought, maybe it was worth it. I don't know. Could be, right? So you work with these ideas of start now, save now. A lot of people kind of are doing this kind of bad thing in their head saying, yeah, it's too late for me. So I'm just going to work till the day I die. The problem is you may not have that option. A lot of people are saying, I, I, I can play video games all day, smoke weed and do nothing because I'm going to inherit well. But the problem is your parents may live longer than you think. I can tell you if I was counting on inheriting my parents' money, I would have been sorely disappointed. Because my mother's in a home now for four or five years, and that's 100000 plus. Well, not 100000 It's eighty to $90,000 a year for her. But that ain't, that ain't a little bit, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, the Uber IPO and the Beyond Meat IPO are two stocks that I'm getting asked ask a lot about. Uber set to go public this week. There's a little bit of, how shall we say, controversy. A little M&M in it. Where we need a little controversy. Travis Klanick. He started the company. And he had a very masculine approach to kind of bulldozing through competition. And bulldozing through regulators. And bulldozing through anything that was trying to shut the door on him. He got kicked out eventually and replaced. Now, the big controversy is, does he get to ring the bell? I know you're saying that's not controversial. No. If he's no longer CEO and he got kicked out, sorry. But I don't really care. But Uber has called its massive global opportunity in ride hailing and other businesses. Um, they, they say it's groundbreaking. They say it's massive. And I get ride hailing. And trust me, I get, you know, I've got some bad allergies right now. Allergy season's kicking my hiney. And I know that there's two different types of antihistamines. There's one that starts with a D... But you're, you're supposed to take both if you're having massive problems. And I'm having pretty big problems, pretty big infection in my body right now. Uh, I have to fight the, uh, the inflammation, so to speak. But Uber has said, we have a massive opportunity. Now, the problem is they're losing money at a total rate of $4 billion annually. Yes, we could go back in time in the Wayback Machine, and we could take a look at you know Amazon and say, well, they were losing millions and millions of dollars, and you know they'd sell a, a best uh, book, you know, a top ten book, a New York Times bestseller. They'd say, okay, you can get it at Borders or God, I can't even think of the other one that went down now. Right? It's how fast we forget our book superstores, and uh, you can get it that bestseller for nineteen ninety nine in hardback, or you can get it at Amazon for fifteen ninety nine. And Amazon, they were vicious. They would tell the publishers, like, you know, we're going to sell it at fifteen ninety nine, so we need you to like cut it down, and you know, we'll make more money. We'll make we won't make as much money as other guys, but we'll sell more books for you, and blah blah blah. And it was pretty tough. So I have a problem with the company losing four billion. There's going to be a point in time, I think, when the stock becomes attractive. But right now, when you see the sacrificing profitability for growth, I'm not 100% sure that's a trend that's going to stick around forever. Some of it will, some of it won't. But they're throwing a lot of stuff against the walls. Uber looks like a looks less like an Amazon and more like a glorified Lyft to me. Now, some people would say, no, it looks like an Amazon. It's going to be huge. Uber's smaller rival Lyft has been a dud so far. IPO at 72, it's dropped down to 61, and the company said, we're not going to be profitable until 2022, and that's too long for most people, especially since we've already seen what happens with Elon Musk, and 
his pursuit of profits and his pursuit of profitability has put shareholders at risk of getting diluted numerous times. So Uber plans to sell $10 billion of stock. A lot of people think the Beyond Meat or the Uber IPO should be a top of the market because so much money, so many tickets are being printed, but you have to pay to ride that ticket, which may mean you either don't get your boat, you don't get your car, you don't hit a new mortgage. Instead, you shift that money to something else, or you could sell some of your stock, which might be the easiest way to do it. So the ramifications of Uber coming public... It's going to shake out onto Lyft. It's also going to shake out on Alphabet's Waymo unit. It's also going to shake out onto Tesla saying, we got self-driving cars that can be a self-driving taxi army next year. By the end of next year, Tesla thinks they're going to have a, a taxi business, some of which they're going to let lease their own cars out to automatically, 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 automatically picking you up and dropping you off. Some of it could be, hey, Rob, you've got a Tesla. Do you want to leave it uh, open for a taxi service? Because we see Granny Smith down the road wants to go to CVS. My car could automatically turn on, go pick up at Granny Smith, and she can go to CVS and buy apples. I know. I know. Think about it. If it took you too long to figure that one out, don't buy stocks. So understanding Uber's financials is pretty difficult at this point in time because we don't know where they're going to price. We know some things like revenue growth last year was about 19%, which was down year over year. So you're seeing some slowing. You know that their revenue is nice, but their losses are huge. So if you're not making money, it's the old Tom Cruise show me the money thing. Or is it not? Or is it I'm just going to close my eyes and hope for the best? Or is it I believe in them because everything in my life is is uberific, Uber Eats, their meal delivery business. Revenue growth slowed to 20% in the first quarter to 3.1 billion from 69%. I could tell you I've done more Uber Eats and Grubhub stuff than I care to think about. In large part because. I'm buying food that's not good for me. Uber's definition of revenue is overstated because it doesn't reflect cost like tied towards the driver incentives. There's a point in time where you can get in an Uber or Lyft and you know they, they were thinking, I wonder if this person works for the other company and is going to offer me $500 to become a driver. It was kind of like a lottery thing. Uber's losses show no sign of slowing down. And almost, I want to say, if you have to be punch drunk, and punch drunk could be either getting hit in the face too many times with a punch or it could be... He went to the punch bowl too many times. If you have to punch drunk and make a decision that's kind of a little, maybe it's not the best one of your life, maybe you buy just half a position. Maybe you said, instead of saying, I've allocated $10,000, I'm going to allocate $3,000. I don't know. I, I'm going a different direction. Waymo is going to have robocab services by 2025 is the expectation that analysts have. And again, I think the robo-taxi drivers will be a lot of things that will be literally set routes for quite a while when they do happen. It'll be airport to hotel, hotel to airport. I don't know if we're going to be doing the, you know, take me through a complicated neighborhood at two in the morning. Robotaxis may transform the industry because operating costs could be half that of what cars are. So Uber's got a big bet on taxis. Where do you come down on that? Realistically, on occasion, it, it really pays to be honest and critical of yourself. Waymo has ordered 80,000 cars for its robo-taxis, um, but they're going to have to demonstrate the success of it before Wall Street says, ooh, or before it spooks Uber. And CEO Travis Kalanick, former CEO is the best way of saying that, of Uber said, the world is going to go self-driving and autonomous. If we weren't part of the autonomy thing, then the future passes us by. Basically, it's a very expeditious and efficient way. So no one's playing poker here. Everyone knows what the stakes are, and everyone knows the direction for driverless cars and self-driving cars. On a day where the market's getting hit, Beyond Meat's higher. Again, 
part of your portfolio shifting gears, dropping down in third. I used to have a stick shift. I miss stick shifts so much. And now you have to go out of your way to find a stick shift. Um, part of the whole push right now on Beyond Meat is on the stock. It was a sexy IPO. It's got people talking. But part of the push is also tied towards uh, it doesn't really have that exposure to Asia. It doesn't really have that international exposure. It's got the millennials, American millennials, who are saying, we want it. So if you look at stocks as a business, you own a little piece of Warren Buffett talk this weekend. Can you tell I know? He said, why in the world should you sell it based on headlines of any sort? Buffett's 88 years old. When he dies, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to mourn it. He said, if you look at stocks as a business, you own a little piece of why would you sell it based on headlines? President Donald Trump's headlines this morning are threatening China and massive tariffs and hundreds of billions of dollars. And that's pretty scary. But I agree with Buffett. Buy great companies, buy more of them. Do you know what a blue chip is? Do you know what a red chip is? Blue chip has been there, done it, profitable. Red chip, got great revenues, hasn't been there, done it. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. It's very, very difficult to say this without coming across as all-knowing. I'm not all-knowing. The way Trump and China are playing things out, I wouldn't be freaked out by it. This is not just according to me. This is according to... Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time. Warren Buffett had his big hoot nanny this weekend. And uh, he talked a lot about, you know, Trump. One of the things he said, sometimes you have to act half crazy. I get it. I get it. I do a great show here for you that I protect you from really bad marketing pitches. Every now and then they slip through. But I try to protect you as much as I can. Um, I, long story. Warren Buffett also said this weekend that stocks are ridiculously cheap if interest rates stay at these levels. So let's stop and think about that one for uno momentero. Warren Buffett, greatest investor of all time, so we're going to start there. And he says, stocks are ridiculously cheap if you believe that 3% on the 30-year bonds make sense. Stocks as investments kind of play into capitalism. Interest rates play into bonds and inflation. Buffett said this weekend, I don't know... In what way? But I don't think we can continue to have these variables in this relationship. He doubts that low rates will be always be the reality. They've been a reality for a whole generation of investors. Millennials think interest rates, ten-year interest rates, should be at two and a half to three percent, three and a quarter. I grew up in a world where they should be four and a half to seven percent. And when they dipped down closer to four, four and a half, I was like, woohoo, stocks, seven percent, woohoo, bonds. So lots going on there. Now, again, you can tell that I believe in the Oracle of Omaha. Why do I do it? He's 88. He's been doing this for like 60-plus years, 70 years soon. He's seen it all. The market's seen it all, and I like that. I like that a lot. I like his quote, sometimes you have to act half crazy. It's the old Mike Tyson quote. Sometimes, you know, I'm crazy, but I ain't crazy like that. I, I, I don't believe Trump... I don't believe Trump really believes that he has to do this, but I think this is a way for him to look like, hey, look, last second I pulled it out. It's his reality that he's creating. And again, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you saw me this weekend versus watching me on radio or TV, listening to me on radio and watching me on TV, you're like, that's a different reality. I get how media changes reality. I'm not against it. So elsewhere out there, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's right-hand man, and I'm going to be mean when I say this, and I'm not trying to be mean. It's just kind of a a bad editor in my head. 
Charlie Munger's got a weird left eye. He's got one of those small left eyes, big right eyes, and it could have been a birth issue. I, I'm not making fun of it, but I don't like seeing the photos. Now, he talked this weekend as well as uh, Warren Buffett because they kind of are partners in the whole Berkshire Hathaway venture. And Berkshire Hathaway has this business model where they go out and buy great companies. They buy companies like Geico knowing, like, hey, Rob needs a car insurance, and if he doesn't pay it, we're going to cancel it. Monthly cash flow. They're going to go out and buy things like Dairy Queen. Hey, Rob... He's on the fat side. He likes sugar. He's on the plump side, like like chicken breasts. They've been plumped up with water, right? So he goes out and invests in companies like Dairy Queen, who makes these freezes that cost like four or five dollars, but it costs maybe a you know two or three pennies to make the product. The cup costs more than the product itself. The refrigeration costs more than the product itself. But Charlie Munger talked. He said, "I am so afraid." of a democracy getting the idea that you just print money to solve all your problems, that you don't have to raise taxes, you just print. If you hear people like Chad and I talk, he's a certified financial planner, and he, he is very, very different than me. And yet we both agree that at some point in time, you have to pay your bills. If you have a credit card bill, and it's $10, you're like, I know, I'm only going to send in a dollar. I'll just make that, that minimum payment. Then next month, it's $100. And suddenly, it's like more interest you're paying, and you got to pay more. You and I, we wish we could say, Hey, honey, fire up the printing mills. We need a couple hundreds. Can you print me 10 hondos? I know. President Donald Trump, in his most brazen attack yet on the Federal Reserve, called for the central bank to cut interest rates by 1%. And that's where Munger kind of got a little upset about it. And I get it. it it's, it's counting too much on future generations to pay the debts of today. The sins of our fathers, or whatever term you want to use, there's a reality to it. We need a good relationship with China. I worry the most that, you know, uh, what Ronald Reagan did in the 80s, when I went to the Europe... As a student in the mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s, they still remembered Ronald Reagan. They called him the, the cowboy president because he kind of like did what he wanted. And that caused me to lose a little bit of, how shall we say, safety in Europe. Because a lot of people didn't like him bombing an embassy, um, bombing a, a, a place where kids get adopted, <laughs> orphanage. But there's collateral damage. And if you watch Game of Thrones last night, sometimes collateral damage comes with the territory. So moving forward with this and trying to put a bow on everything, President Trump is threatening to raise uh, increased tariffs. And now it's a deadline on Friday from 10% to 25%. And I'm looking at my, my, my calendar, and it's telling me he doesn't really have a lot of time to pull back on this one. I worry about the damage done that Reagan did just on perception of Americans, that we're all cowboys. So when I would travel Europe, I'd get a little Canadian flag and put it on my backpack. Canadians weren't quite as, how shall we say, aggressive. Uh, just felt a little safer. It was also a good conversation starter, eh? So I don't think, if we go to 25% on Friday, I would be mightily, mightily surprised. But now we're at that time is ticking. You know, you got two gunfighters out there waiting to pull the trigger. Does China show up on Friday for talks or they just cancel them? How would you deal with someone saying you have until Friday to accept my demands? Puts people in a bad position. Hurts your image. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.